Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Daniel Hagen. All right, we're going to get into the word. So this last, the final aspect of this uh, message is probably the most exciting aspect of it for me, the way it links to revival, the way it links to open heaven, the supernatural uh, miracles, souls being saved. And I honestly believe that this house, we're, we're amongst, we're in great company because most of us here, I believe, are really desiring that, or hungering that, that we want to see our family saved. We want to see our families not come into dead religion, but come alive in Christ. And, uh, and so I hope that this message stirs your heart and links this message of the blessed life to something that we're all desiring. I believe God wants to give you a very, very powerful key. I'm going to try not to keep you too long because it is pretty warm, but we're going to get into it, okay? So let's go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. This is pretty much our foundational scripture that we've been bouncing off, if you like, over the last three weeks. This is our final uh, part three, as we said, of this series that we do once a year. And I believe this is the most important part right now. So verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? So God's talking to the Israelites, the people of God, and He's correcting them. In fact, in a strong way, He is rebuking them. And uh, he's very, very passionate about this. You can tell by the language that he's using when speaking because it, often when someone's passionate about something, it's because it means a lot to them. Would you say that's correct? Yeah. And you can often tell if they're passionate because of the language and sometimes the strong language that's used. Whether they're right or wrong, you can tell uh, whether they really believe it or not by sometimes by how passionate they are and the language that they use. And, you, and God, by the way, is never wrong. He's passionate about this subject because it is so, so important to him because ultimately he cares about you. It's important to him because he cares about you and he, he cares about the human race. He needed the nation of Israel to stay together because ultimately it was the nation of Israel that was going to usher in Jesus Christ that was going to save you and me. He's passionate to the Israel uh, people here or the Jewish people thousands of years ago before you were even born, correcting them, rebuking them because he wanted you saved. And if the nation of Israel fell apart, then Jesus couldn't be ushered in and you could not have your sins forgiven and you could not abide with God forever in heaven. That's why it's so strong sometimes, particularly in the Old Testament, because he's got the, the weight of the whole world resting on some of these decisions that these people are making. And here we see at the start of this uh, verse 6, it says, For I'm the Lord, I do not change. So if he's passionate then, he's passionate now. He's talking about money. Why does that mean so much to God? Because we need money for things to work, right? And the house of God is very important. If the house of God fails, if the people of God fail, then the city and the region and the nation is going to fall apart. We can see that. If you look around the world, and we've just talked, touched on that before, whenever they've pushed God out of a nation, the nation falls apart. Becomes immoral, twisted, bizarre in so many different ways, and things fall apart. 
And here we see early signs of this and God correcting them. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what ways have you robbed? Sorry, in in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. We talked about tithes. Today we're more going to be touching on the offering. The tithe is the tent to the storehouse or to your local uh, church. The offering is something that you're led in. You can give outside of the storehouse. It could be to the storehouse or it could be to a friend. Uh, I'm going to touch on where some of this, uh, where our, our final uh, miracle offering is going to go. We're going to be uh, donating a percentage of that towards the Pregnancy Crisis Center in Frankston. Uh, we've really felt very passionate about the subject of abortion. Victoria has the, yeah, let's give Jesus some praise. Glory to God. I know a lot of you care big time on this subject. Uh, Victoria, you know, we're worried about New York and we should be with what Bill passed in the Senate, which is just horrific and crazy and absolutely twisted and demonic in what's happening there. But uh, a lot of us don't realize Victoria has the second or third worst rules in terms of uh, legislation in the world. And, and it's our responsibility not just to be a voice, but to try and help in practical ways as well. So we don't want to necessarily reinvent the wheel, but we do want to try and support people that are doing it, particularly in our city. And so the Pregnancy Crisis Center, Sarah was just there recently. She said they're amazing people, very humble. And, uh, and so we want to help single moms and families uh, and let them know there's other options apart from abortion. If you really don't want to keep your children, then there's adoption. There's other, other ways, but also we want to help them practically uh, to help them stand on their own two feet and to be able to s- support their young children. Amen? So bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now And this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. I want to point that out. I want you to underline that if you're making notes. The windows of heaven. Everyone say windows of heaven. <laughs> finances. If we're faithful with the finances here, the God... The Bible says that God will open for us the windows of heaven. What does that mean? He goes on to say, and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. It is correct that God's saying if we are faithful with our finances that he'll bless us and cause us to prosper. It is correct. But it's not just that. And if you just get that, you've kind of missed really the main crux of this message. I don't want you to walk away from here thinking, you give to get, because it's not about that. Although he will bless you, because he wants you blessed to be a blessing, and he wants you, pros- he wants, uh, you to be prosperous because you have a purpose. Prosperity with a purpose, blessed to be a blessing. But it's way more. This open heaven speaks of revival, outpouring, souls being saved. How does finance link with Revival. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. He's looking for hearts. He wants to use people that have got big hearts for him. The Bible also says, if you can be trusted in unrighteous mammon, then you can be trusted with true riches. He realizes, I mean, look around the world. So many people are bound by money. Money is not evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And many people are in love with something that's not God. They're in love with themselves or in love with, um, not that there's anything wrong with loving yourself, but they, they're void of God and they, just, they love everything else but God and they certainly love more money. 
And God can't use people like that. He can't trust people like that because they're bound by another spirit. Mammon is a false god. Mammon is the description for money. Unrighteous mammon, Jesus describes it as. Many people are bound to that and that is their Lord and Jesus is not. And so he can't use people like that and they're not going to see open heaven experiences because their heart's not with him. Are you with me? I want to take us to Acts chapter 10. And I want to show you now a New Testament story that's very, very powerful. This is in the early church, the early stages of the Christian church. Jesus has just ascended to heaven. He fulfilled his mission. He went to the cross. He rose again on the third day. He, he was here on the earth in the, in the fleshly form for 33 years, three years of public ministry. And they ascended on high and he gave us the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit now. The Comforter who's with us. And so this is now Acts chapter 10. Early stages of the, the formation of the church. And I want to show you how this story relates to that Malachi passage. Particularly in the area of open heaven. Are you ready for this? This is a key. We went into prayer and fasting because we're hungry for God to move. And now this is another very important aspect to catch the attention of heaven. God wants to move, but he's looking for someone that he can move through. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. This man, Cornelius, was a leader, a general, a notable man. He was actually not a Jewish man. He was outside of the covenant, but he feared God. He loved God. He was a praying man, and he was a generous man, and he was someone that fasted and prayed. And actually, it says that he was devout and notable in his nation and in his city. Quite a wealthy man, too. Verse 2, a devout man and one who feared God and all his household, who gave... Now this word, uh, it looks like it's pronounced alms, but it's pronounced alms. Okay, it just means he's giving, his generous giving. Who gave his alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now it's good if we lift our arms, this is a play on words now, if we lift our arms on a Sunday. But that's not necessarily going to attract the attention of heaven just because you come in on Sunday and lift your arms because everyone else is. I'm not saying don't do that because it's actually a sign that it's like body language saying, God, we give you our life. But we don't just want to honor God with a body expression and with our lips. We want to give him our heart and show him that we're fully yielded to his will and to his ways. So not only does he want our outstretched arms, he wants our arms. He wants our generosity. He wants our heart because where our treasure is there, our heart is also. You guys okay? Who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Everyone say always. It's a lifestyle for him. Generosity is a lifestyle, not just a one-off thing. Praying is a lifestyle. Fasting is a lifestyle. It's not dead religion. It meant everything to him. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. 
And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. The Bible puts these keys in here on purpose, wants us to get it. Cornelius caught the attention of heaven. It says, went up as a memorial. Later on in the, in the chapter, you'll see it actually it defines that memorial as meaning God, uh, Cornelius caught the attention of God. Because of his prayer and because specifically of his giving and his generosity. Are you starting to see something here? An angel appears to him. That's the type of open heaven that I'm talking about that I believe Malachi is talking about. That when God was uh, correcting uh, the Jewish people in Malachi chapter 3, that's the type of open heaven that he's talking about. Test me. Show me that you're faithful in this area where so many people are bound by mammon. Show me that you care more about me than that. Don't be sold out to the devil like so many are. And watch me, test me in this, and watch that I'll open heavens and pour out such blessing that you won't even be able to conceive it, fathom it. And Cornelius is tapping into this, this other dimension, this, the unseen realm. He's caught the attention of God. And God sends an angel to break through into our natural realm and turn it into a supernatural realm. Who wants that? Verse 4, And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and arms have come up as a mora before God. And now he puts a plan in place. God's got a plan. Everyone say, God's got a plan. He says, Now send to me Joppa, and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. This is the Apostle Peter. Cornelius captured the attention of heaven in such a way that now the Apostle Peter's getting involved. Peter doesn't even know about it at this stage. He doesn't know that God's about to set something up for the, the Gentile people to receive an outpouring for the very first time in the establishment of the early church. What an amazing thing to be a part of. We thought Awakening Australia was amazing, but can you imagine Cornelius in heaven now thinking, how cool is this? That story is now being taught and preached to inspire others to be sold out and full on for God. God's calling us to be history makers now, amen? And so we follow these keys, these principles. We say, okay, if God did it for Cornelius, Cornelius then he can do it for us now. For time's sake, I'm going to paraphrase and just kind of give you an explanation and ask you to read it in your own time. But what happens, the angel says, send to Cornelius, send a couple of men to Peter and tell him to come back to Cornelius. Now, Peter doesn't even know Cornelius at this stage. Doesn't even know God's setting this up. Meanwhile, as the guy set out, meanwhile, God, because he's omnipresent, begins to move on Peter begins to set him up. Divine appointment. Divine appointments are from God. God wants to set you up divinely with people that you need to be connected with 
to fulfill the call of God on your life, whether it's in ministry, business, family, whatever you're involved in, God wants you to be blessed, to have a blessed life, to fulfill the plan and the call on your life. And you need divine appointments. You need an open heaven. So God is beginning to set this up. So Peter, it says that he went up on the roof to pray, I think in the sixth hour. And as he was praying, the Bible says he went into a trance. Trance is, going into a trance is not for the new age. The new age counterfeit what God does. I'm not saying what the new age are involved in is not real. It's a real spiritual experience that they're having. Pagans have been taking drugs and tapping into another realm for thousands of years. And connecting with demonic spirits for for a very, very long time. It's real experiences that they're having, but it's counterfeit in the sense of it's illegal spiritual experiences. And they don't realize that they're connecting with demonic beings that come to kill, steal, and destroy their life. They may masquerade as an angel of light in the beginning, but they're, they're causing that person to spiral out of control and eventually end up in hell forever. But here we see Peter... Entering into something that was outside of the natural realm, it's called a trance. And he has this vision, goes into this dream, and God begins to speak to Peter about this new era that he's about to step into. It's called the new covenant. In times past, the Israelite people could only eat certain foods because God needed the Israel, Israelite nation, the Jewish nation, to stand out. And so they could only wear certain things, eat certain things. They had specific rules in that time. He needed them to stand out. Particularly in that era, it was a polytheistic, polytheistic nations everywhere. In other words, people that worshipped idols and false gods, they were everywhere. And he needed Israel to stand out. Why? Why was Israel so special? Well, it's partly because it's where it, where it all started but also because Israel were going, was going to usher in the Messiah. And Israel needed to be protected at all costs because Jesus was going to come through Joseph and Mary. And ultimately, God protected Israel. And he told other nations, if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. If you curse them, you'll be cursed. Why? Because I'm looking after them because they're going to bring in Jesus and Jesus is going to save all mankind. If it wasn't for God doing extreme things in the Old Testament to protect Israel, you would not be here now. You would not have your sins forgiven. You would not have Jesus Christ. He needed to protect Israel because Jesus was coming through Israel. He's not racist, but he had a plan for you, for Gentiles and Jews alike. Amen? And so on the roof, Peter has this vision. God corrects him and says, okay, we're coming into a new era now. Those old Jewish laws about eating certain things, that's done now. And also, I'm about to pour out my spirit on the Gentile people as well, not just the Jewish people. And Cornelius, of course, was the man that was going to be used to set this up. So Peter ends up linking with these two men that were sent to him. And he agrees to go back to Cornelius' house. If it wasn't for that dream, he probably wouldn't have agreed. 
God spoke to him clearly. Divine appointment. Goes back to the house. Cornelius invites his family, invites his friends, knowing that they need to hear from Peter. Peter preaches the truth, preaches the gospel. The Bible says that faith begins to arise in their hearts because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And because faith rose up in their hearts, the Holy Spirit then began to move on faith. And by faith, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time. And it was an open heaven experience and revival broke out amongst the Gentile people for the very first time in early church history. That's what we're hungry for. And I want to know why it happened. I want to study out all the keys and say, God, if you did it then, will you do it now? Do it again. We need to see a move. We need to see a move. We fast, we pray, we be obedient. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Have a clean conscience. We're hungry for God. But we're not bound by the spirit of mammon. We're not bound by money. We're obedient when it comes to this subject. Do you know a lot of people and ministers in particular are afraid to talk on this subject. It's like two extremes. It's either this out-of-whack, out-of-balance prosperity gospel that's twisted, or it's everyone just doesn't talk about it because they're too afraid of what people will say and think. We need balance. Amen? Hopefully this brings balance. This gives you an understanding of this is an important subject to God. He wants your heart. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.